Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing just right. Christian, unfortunately, scheduled conflicts this evening. Uh, couldn't make it, but hope again. If you missed it earlier this week, we did do a draft preview with uh, discussing the Aaron Rodgers trade. Our first round mock draft for the three of us. The episode is out, so if you you gather, you know, pause this episode right now, go listen to that one, or just listen to this one and play that one afterwards. Whatever you want to do, if you haven't missed that, if you missed the episode, please go check it out. But yeah, so um, this one's just gonna be dull night. Uh, we'll go. We have because I want you to do a second episode because there's so much that has gone on, at least in the NBA, and I'm a big NBA guy uh, in the last week, and then a little bit of hockey. Dalton, I was going to update us on racing at the end of the episode. Um, so there's that. But let's just dive in to late last week, the Toronto Raptors decide to move on from head coach Nick Nurse. It was, you know, away one of the worst kept secrets. Like we figured, you know, the seat was hot with Nick Nurse after going to the play in tournament and losing uh, this year. And it was like, okay, so he's going to. Uh, he has to turn this around, basically, or else it's going to be very contentious next season. I mean, he went 500 uh, this year. Far from, like, you know, he wins the title in year one with, you know, Dwayne Casey who had the first place Raptors in the league. They move on from Dwayne Casey. They go promote Nick Nurse to the head of the bench, and he wins in year one with Kawhi Leonard. And then the next year they lose to Boston in the bubble. They missed the playoffs entirely when they're the team's entirely relocated to Toronto or to Tampa Bay because of the travel restrictions. Then, you know, last year losing the first round, then this year in the play in and they miss it. And yeah, I'm not saying it's the best move. It, it it seemed like a change was needed for Toronto, though. Like he wasn't seeing eye to eye with Masai Ujiri and ownership there. So they parted ways, which is weird because, you know, Dwayne Casey, they moved off of him. And then he got five years with the Pistons. So they both, again, Nick Nurse obviously had a better tenure with the Raptors than, than Dwayne Casey did with the Pistons. But they're both um, not really unemployed because they promoted uh, Casey in Detroit. But they're both no longer head coaches five years later. And again, I think he'll get a job. The only openings we have now, uh, there's two of them because one has been hired, and we'll get to the hire in a second. Well, there's really only one other job, and that's you know his former – Boss Dwayne Casey's in ownership. So, how would that be if he goes to the Detroit Pistons where he knows Dwayne Casey? He'll succeed Dwayne Casey there. Uh, it would be a very bit ironic uh, situation. But nonetheless, Toronto, it's not a bad roster. Like, it's, I mean, they had a rough season, but you can make the playoffs with Toronto. Like, it's a good job, I think, that someone will get hired. And again, Masayu Jerry's been a great GM, although the last few years, Hasn't really gone to standard for what he wants to see the Raptors do. But nonetheless, that has been the move. Uh, Dalton, anything you want to add, uh, your thoughts when you saw the news the other day that Nick Nurse out in Toronto? Um, I wasn't really shocked. Um, not really just, I guess not really caring. I was like, ah, okay, another coach fired. It's time to move on. Time to uh move on to the next coach and see what happens. Um 
he's I mean, he's above average coach. So I'm sure somebody will hire him next. Um somebody will take the chance and uh will you know, he he was okay with um his his teams and you know, I didn't really take off until he had a all star uh superstar caliber player. So um yeah, this one really isn't isn't really shocking or jaw dropping. Alrighty, so there's that. And then again, since we've been um really it was actually Monday, which is why I wanted to do another episode. This news broke and that day that it was hiring. The Houston Rockets have hired former Celtics head coach Ime Udoka um to be their new head coach replacing Paul Silas. Uh and again, we discussed last week the Silas era just did not go well at all for um Houston. But Udoka again, it's a very complicated um uh, you know, career just because like he was a career assistant under, you know, Popovich, Doc Rivers, Steve Nash for a year in Brooklyn. He gets the Boston Celtics job. And again, the team struggles out the gate. Uh, they're at 1.18 and 21. And then he turns the team around. They get the second seed in the East. They win the Eastern Conference last year, battling through two game sevens against Milwaukee, against the um, Miami Heat in the conference finals. And then they're up in the finals. They're up 2-1, and, you know, they were about five minutes away from being 3-1 potentially. Uh, but they lose. They blow the series, and the Celtics lose to the Warriors in six. But then before the season starts, he's suspended by the Celtics because of a, you know, which pours improper relationship with the uh, Celtics staffer, female staffer. And obviously, you know, it's been, he was suspended the entire season by the Celtics. Uh, I, we discussed this back in early year, Brooklyn, when they fired Nash, it appeared Udoka may be the front runner to go join the Brooklyn Nets. And I, I crushed them at the time. I was like, if this is the move you're making, then you just clearly don't care about PR. Like, you have the worst PR because that was around the same time that Kyrie Irving, the whole anti-Semitism thing, again, that was discussed in an earlier episode. So I definitely was crushing them for that. And again, obviously, nothing criminal happened. That is an important distinction. As if it was criminal, then, you know, law enforcement gets involved, and that's a whole other situation. It was just an internal thing that violated, you know, Celtics policies, Celtics team rules. They didn't want him there. And Joe Mazzullo did a hell of a job this year. And we can discuss Celtics later on this episode with the playoffs. Um, but now he's in Houston, a team that it's not a good team. Like, they were horrible last year. You might get Victor Wimanyama in the draft, which would be a huge boost um, for them. But, again, I just think, you know, Ime Udug was on the top of the basketball world last year, or second because, of, you know, runner-up. But, you know, he was one of the hottest coaching names. He was, you know, the guy in Boston that everyone was excited to see how that was going to go. You're fresh off a finals run, and it all came crashing down. And now you went from a team in the finals to a team in the lottery in a year. Like, that – I mean, the Celtics could win the championship this year, and that would just be um, – it'd be a probably hard pill to swallow for even. He's got to answer – and he did. He had an introductory press conference earlier today. He answered it up, you know, like 
look, I was wrong on any acts of responsibility for that. Like Boston, you know, it was their decision and it was, you know, it's fine. Like that's how um, that went down. But I, I mean, I'll be faster to see how this goes because I just think the pieces in Houston right now, it's not a good roster. I'm not saying, they, again, offseason they could improve the roster. I know there was some chatter about, you know, James Harden potentially going back to Houston this offseason. And if that's the case, I expect, you know, a lot to get done. Because even you don't know, coach with Harden when Ime was with the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that has a potential to be a good pairing. If that move was to go down again, we'll discuss that at a later date. If that is what, in fact, happens. Um, but again, it's a good hire. I just don't want to, you know, term it a, you know, successful, like, so I just don't know how good Houston is going to be, just given the current infrastructure that's in place right there. Um, but, Dalton, anything, uh, your thoughts, reaction when you saw Udoka is going to the Houston Rockets? Um, it could be. It could be good. And then he's he's had success as a head coach. Uh, so it could be. It could be something that works. And uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll just have to see because – they the the youngins are or the rockets are pretty young and so not sure if you want to take that on and uh houston they've got a i mean houston sports i mean you just just look around uh i mean the the success they just gotta it's been a minute since the success so it's you know it's not gonna change overnight at least i don't think it will um and uh yeah i mean if he's turned a corner cool uh then it's time to uh hit the ground running and uh get houston back to or the rockets back to uh back to being a good team this has been a few years uh since since they were in the conference finals so um yeah i just uh, we'll see, we'll see, but he's, he's back. He's back in the Western conference. All right. On to awards. We've had three awards given since last episode. We'll start six man of the year. Malcolm Brogdon of the Boston Celtics, a guy who was traded last off season to Boston from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, again, Brogdon's always been, you know, a good player, but he's had some injury issues on and off the last few years. Now, hasn't really played a full game, full season. In fact, the 67 games he played this year, his most since his rookie of the year when, when he played 75 games with Milwaukee. Um, and he's a guy who, he's been a starter since the year three of his career. Uh, and he goes to Boston knowing he'll be a bench piece. He accepted the role of being a bench player. And... Yeah, obviously really good. You know, average almost 15 points a game, um, 3.7 assists, 4.2 boards, shot 44% from behind the arc, which is amazing. And I, I just love watching Brogdon because he sets the tone with the second unit. It's been really instrumental piece to the Celtics' success uh, this season. But as he even said, like, you know, it's a good award, but the job ain't done. Like, we're still chasing – uh, more goals going forward, but yeah, well-deserved honor for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know, it's an interesting career because he has the rookie of the year and the sixth man. Uh, I didn't see a stat to see how many guys have won both. That'd be kind of fascinating to uh, see how many have won both those honors, but congratulations, Malcolm. 
on a six man of the year um, award, and I'm hoping to see some more playoff success going forward. Uh, but Dawn, anything you want to add? Malcolm Brogdon being named six man of the year by the NBA. No, no. Congratulations. Um, good job. I mean, he's done a good job for Boston. They're title contenders right now, and um, they're making some noise. And I, I thought when they signed Brogdon in the offseason that it was going to be quietly, I thought to myself that it could potentially be a good move for them. And, um, yeah, well-deserved. And on to our next award, we have Most Improved Player. It goes to Lori Market, another guy that was traded in the offseason. He was moved in the Donovan Mitchell deal that, you know, sent Donovan Mitchell to Utah, or from Utah to uh, Cleveland. I, I said Chicago because, or I started saying that because that's where Marketing began his career. But no, Marketing was in Cleveland last year, traded away in the Donovan Mitchell deal. And again, it's worked out wonders. And again, you guys can believe this or not to the listeners. I've been a bit higher on marketing than others. Like I've just enjoyed watching. So I, I just love big men that can stretch, which I know that's, you know, a lot of guys do that nowadays. Uh, everyone's kind of stretching the, the floor, but I've just been a fan of Laurie marketing's game. And I just think he's a good player. He's never been like again. He was an all star this year, so he's but he's never been like you know a you know go to like oh this guy's league. Um, but it's just crazy. Utah, you know they in a season that was kind of a lost season because of uh, just the way things were going with that team, and you know Danny Ainge being a you know just hoarding draft picks. But you know, I mean, marking and improved last year. He averaged fourteen points a game. He improved this. He added eleven points per game. Being like the you know, the focal point of the Utah uh, a team, he played 34 minutes, shot almost fi- um, 50% from the floor, 39% from three. Like he was, you know, um, 8.6 rebounds, up about three rebounds from last year. So you know, well deserved honors for Laurie Markinen, uh, and I, you know, just congratulations to him. I can't wait to see what Utah does uh, next year. If that is in case, if that is what. If they decide to move in a direction to, you know, let's go for that playing. Because early on the season, Utah was in a – they were a top seed in the Western Conference at one point, believe it or not. So, we'll just see what unfolds for marketing going forward. Um, with next year, congratulations, Laurie, on winning uh, Most Improved Player of the Year. Dawn, anything you want to add on that front? On the front of Laurie making or winning – most yeah, improved most player of the year. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, that's, you know, he he got voted by the voters, and they thought that he was most improved player. So if they thought that he was most improved player, then he was most improved player. Uh, I know. Uh, fine. That's, that's whatever. Um, I have other opinions. Uh, on that front, so um, I think I'm just gonna keep him tucked away for now. I think you know where this is going, Spence. Uh, but to stay on the Laurie Market and stuff, good for him. He went to a Utah team that uh, was not looking up uh, and looking very much down, and he did all that he could. Um, and uh, you know. 
that sometimes that's all you can do. And statistically, he had a better year than, you know, he did before. And so sometimes when you get the ball and you're the ball dominant guy, you got to take off. And that seems like what happened here. And voters thought that he deserved it. So congratulations to him on uh, getting most improved. All righty. And then lastly, uh, or, you know, this guy kind of took the reins early on and just ran with it for rookie of the year. The first overall pick last year, Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. Uh, you know, fantastic year for him, averaging 20 points a game, uh, almost four assists, seven rebounds, uh, just about there, about a still game, half a block per game. Uh, and started all 72 games that he played this season. Uh, just a, a tremendous game, tremendous season for Palo, which is just weird looking back that there was actually a debate who was going to go first overall in last year's draft. Like, Jabari Smith was kind of the the front runner. Like, oh, Jabari Smith, he's going to be the first pick in the draft this year. And then, you know, Ch- Holmgren had some buzz, but he was kind of always pit- slot in for two. Um, but Palo, I mean, he was just far away. Like, even at Duke last year was a uh, – you know, fantastic player and led the Blue Devils team to the Final Four. Um, but anyway, let's stick with his NBA career. So far, great start. Um, you know, he became he was the first player since LeBron to put up 25, 5 and 5 in a debut. Uh, and he had a 33 and 16 game in, against Sacramento at one point in November. Uh, he, again, just a tremendous uh, season for him. The future is very bright for an Orlando team that. I, they have to be on the way to making that next leap forward. Like, I don't think keep, they've been tanking a lot and they've been acquiring draft picks. But like, surely, but sh- slowly but surely, like, you have to at one point go for it. Like, I don't know if you can make a big move this offseason. Um, but I I'd lo- really think Orlando would be really – it'd be a fun team in the play-in tournament, kind of like the, you know, Mi- Minnesota Timberwolves get group there, where it's like, it's just – let me see them play a meaningful basketball game because – like these guys are just dominating together, but they, again, they've been feisty before as an eight seed where they take a game maybe, but I like to see Orlando get back to the promised spot. I think Paolo was a hell of a pick, and he's obviously showed out that he was the rookie of the year this year. Uh, but, Dalton, anything you want to add on Paolo Bancaro being rookie of the year? No, I don't. Uh, I think you said all the stuff that needed to be said, Spence. Um Yes, you know he played twenty seven. He played seventy two games, so that's pretty much. I think that's more than we can say about other players in the league, um, especially young players. Um, I think that there's, you know, I think it's something you can take a real pride in playing most, if not all, the games. I mean, it's your job, so I think you know as long as you're healthy, you got to go out there and play. Uh, so good for him that he played seventy two, uh, and. Uh, you know, I guess if I was him, I'd I'd strive to play all 82 and, you know, see see if you can increase in, in points and just keep getting better as uh, as the years go on. All right. Next up, we'll, uh, you know, update the first round of the playoffs. And we do have some series. We actually have one second-round series uh, already decided. So let's just, you know, go back. Uh, let's start in the Western Conference here. We have Minnesota and Denver, and I, I I did not think that Minnesota was going to win a game. I said Nuggets and four. I thought they were far away better team. I was like Anthony Edwards, he's a hell of a player. 
I just don't think they're going to win a game. And, I mean, game four, they did everything they could to blow that game. Like, they were up big in regulation, and they blew it. And they were up in overtime. It appeared that they were going to blow it again. Uh, but Minnesota, they stole game four away from Denver. Uh, and then game five last night, it was again, a very fun game going back and forth. Although Denver led for a while, um, and then Minnesota made it very interesting late. In the game, Anthony Edwards had a chance to tie it at the end of regulation, but he, the three hit back iron and bounced back out. So that unfortunately ended the uh, team of season in a – I mean, it's just a disappointing year for Minnesota overall. I, I have to say, you try to swing for the fences and get a guy named Rudy Gobert, but you overpaid for him at the time. It looks even worse now. Um, and you're kind of more or less stuck with him and Cat uh, going forward. But again – Minnesota, they're not a bad team. Anthony Edwards, similar to how I just did with Palabank Carroll, like they have a chance to, like these players have a chance to take a next step forward in the offseason and improve. And I was very high on Ant Edwards. I thought, you know, that he could have been the guy. Preseason, I said most improved player of the year was what I thought he would do because last year went to John Moran, a player entering his third year who made a big leap forward, and that's who they decided to get most improved to. So I thought, you know, Anthony Edwards, I could see him making that type of leap. Now, obviously, Markinen had a tremendous leap at this stage of his career. But he's in, he was more than deserving of that award and whatnot. But on to the back to the series, like Denver, they they got they took it took care of business. They won in five, and they are advancing to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Don, anything you want to say on the Nuggets and Timberwolves series? Yeah, dude, I. I picked the Nuggets in five. I thought that the Timberwolves would take a game, uh, and they did. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it just – I guess I'm not shocked. I mean, I'm not I'm not really just like, oh, the Timberwolves, they have got such a good team that, you know, what a, what a, what a, what a true – what a weird and just – Ooh, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Nuggets. No, I mean, this is the NBA. They're, you know, I think, you know, very rarely are there going to be sweeps. And, you know, the Timberwolves took a game, as they should. And the Nuggets just finished them off, as they should. You know, when you're the number one seed and you're, you know, your center has been MVP for a handful of times, I you know, you kind of expected to to advance to the second round and pretty handily, I might add. So, yeah, I'm not. Am I? You know, do I have any additional thoughts on Timberwolves getting bounced? No, I mean, I don't really. I really don't. And I think the Timberwolves got to figure things, some things out on their end, Spence. And uh, you know, they probably, you know, they probably should go out and get a few better players maybe you know if you really want to contend instead of just sneaking in there and being okay with mediocrity um anthony edwards is good maybe you know make some other moves um maybe do what the suns did and they went ahead and um traded for kevin durant in the middle of the season so you know, I that I mean that's what you got to do nowadays to to contend for championships, and that's certainly not what the Timberwolves are doing. So that's why they got bounced. 
And I mean, obviously on top of the overwhelming talent, the talent scale, when you just look at it, it just favors Denver completely. So that's, you know, that's kind of my whole takeaway from this first round series. All right. Uh, speaking of Phoenix, on to the next series, Phoenix. Um, they took care of business against the Clippers. Again, I'm not going to say that it was solely because of injury. Like, again, I think Phoenix is the better team, and they were going to win this series regardless. Uh, it does not hurt that – it does not help that, you know, Kawhi Leonard was injured, and then it comes out today, tore meniscus, uh, which that's a whole other issue is L.A. just – Waiting till the season's over to tell us the full extent of the Kawhi Leonard injury. When it's the second time in like three or four years they've done this, where they've kind of you know not told anyone how severe the injury was. Then after the season, you find out oh you know torn ACL, torn this. Like it's like so he never was going to come back. There's no chance he was going to come back. Uh, but you wait. It's like I guess it's a whole other issue we can get into. Um, but anyway, Phoenix took care of business. Wins four straight. Uh, after losing game one of the series. And, okay, who would have thought, like, I mean, again, like I said, injuries played a part, but it was 1-1 at one point. They're like, okay, Kawhi Leonard's going to go toe-toe with KD. We can maybe go seven games, which is what um, I definitely thought seven games was in play. Um, I should have gone less just given that, you know, Kevin Durant's on a team uh, and Paul George was never going to play the series. Uh, but Kawhi, I – Gosh, I just wish he his knees were healthier, because it's so unfortunate for Kawhi Leonard that he's had all these health problems, um, with his his body, not like physically, um, sick. But yeah, he's just been unfortunate with that. But anyway, Game Five last night was a fun game because, like, LA rallied and almost forced a Game Five or Game Six, excuse me. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't on the cards. Phoenix advancing to the second round where they will be taking on the aforementioned Denver Nuggets. And we will preview that uh, in a second after we're done with recapping all the other first-round series because that matchup is set. Um, but, Don, anything you want to add on your reaction to the Suns and Clippers series? Oh, yeah. I picked the Clippers in six, so I guess I'm an idiot in that way. But, um, I can't. yeah, I really wish Kawhi would have been healthy. And I really think... You know, they would have – he would have taken them to more games. I mean, I just – you know, that stinks. I mean, that really – that really stinks. And, you know, I know a lot of people are high on the Suns because they got Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And they're just you know, just completely star-heavy. I mean, they're playing their starters, you know, 40 minutes, I mean, at least. And so – I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's totally okay. Um, you know, I just think in basketball, you got to – instead of having a team that just – where you go six deep, you know, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going seven, eight, eight people deep, um, especially in the playoffs when the physicality just goes up a lot. And, you know, so – I guess I guess I'm a little bit bummed, but also Phoenix Phoenix did what they had to do. They just, you know, took care of business as they should, and um, good for them. Good for them. It'll be a, it'll be an interesting second round. All right, and on to probably the best series 
of the NBA playoffs so far. We have the Kings and the Warriors. Uh, Golden State takes both games at the Chase Center. Uh, and Game 5 is currently going on as we're recording. So, again, we again right now the Kings are winning, but still a lot of time left in that game. So, we do not yet know the result of Game 5. I mean, this is out. You guys will obviously know. Uh, how that series is going, who's up three games to two, the chance to close out on Friday. Um, but game four was a game, like in game three, Draymond suspended, uh, but they took care of business because they're playing at home, and I kind of expected that. Uh, in game four, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, with Draymond back, I thought, I was like, okay, makes the Warriors better, and they're playing at home still. And like, I almost turned the game off about a minute to go because it was like a five or six point game. Um, actually, it was a five point game, but then the Warriors or the Kings trapped Steph Curry. He p- calls timeout, but they're out of timeouts. So the Kings get a free throw and the ball back, which they ended up making the free throw, making a three pointer. So they cut the lead down to one, and then they have a chance to win late because of, um, Again, Steph Curry went full boneheaded uh, plays at the end of the game with the timeout. Um, again, Golden State's in free throws, but then uh, there's a good differential between the shot clock and game clock to where if you're Golden State, you can kind of dribble the clock out, waste some more time. Uh, instead, there's a floater with 12 seconds to go on the shot clock, about 20-something the game clock. So you give um, you give the ball back to the Kings, and they have a chance, and obviously De'Aaron Fox has been the best player. Uh, and on the last play, they drew up on an out-of-bounds play. Monk's being double-teamed, so he's not going to shoot the ball. So then old friend Harrison Barnes, who was part of the very first Warriors championship of this era, um, he gets a three. It's not a bad look. In the moment, I was crushing him a lot. But I look back, I was like, okay, what were they going to do here? Because uh, – Fox is being double-teamed. I can't remember where Monk was on the floor. Uh, and you have Barnes wide open for three on the corner. Even though he had missed the three earlier, like a possession or two earlier, I was crushing him on that. Uh, but it also, it would have been so sweet if he had hit it against his former club. Uh, but and that was not the cards. It was Golden State tying the series up instead of Barnes forcing an ins- uh, almost insurmountable 3-1 lead. Um, but yeah, you know, you said, game five is currently going on as we're recording. So we will know again. We will know more in the morning, but again, we'll just update you next week on the episode. Uh, but Dalton, your thoughts on the Kings and Warriors series so far? Such a good series so far. This was going to be. I knew that. I knew going in, this was going to be by far my favorite. Um, cheering for the Kings all the way. Um, Utah's about that game four performance. Ah, I shouldn't have. I, I mean, it shouldn't have come. It, it really shouldn't have come down to Harrison Barnes shooting that last shot. I, I think I mentioned this, but off the off the pod. But you know, I mean, they have been so successful with pick and roll the entire game. And you know, when it comes to like the last the last shot, I mean, you have plenty of time. You got what ten seconds. I mean, that's plenty enough time to do a quick pick and roll, um, and get Fox inside, inside the three-point, mid-range. I mean, he, he's done so well with the mid-range shots in this series. And so why wouldn't you want Fox taking the last shot? I don't care if he got double-teamed. That that play was set up in isolation. Draymond did what he was supposed to do. 
And, you know, when you set up and play in isolation, if something doesn't go right, you're screwed essentially. You're screwed and you have to kick and you like you have to kick you have to kick the ball out or you're gonna turn it over. And so I think that was just bad play calling. A bad play calling on my part. Credit the Warriors for playing good defense. Um if I was a really bad conspiracy theorist, I'd have to say that Harrison Barnes missed that shot on purpose, but I'm not gonna be that way. Um yeah, I, Warriors let that game get away from them. I mean, they should have they should have won that game at the very end. But you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, I just think you know that was just bad. That was bad um, timing on them. And you know, they. I mean, they gotta play better if they want to win games five and six at least. I mean, you gotta be better. You gotta be better like that. And like, you know, towards the end of the game. I mean, you can't just. You can't just let a game like that get away from them. I mean, that's that's a crucial game for. I mean, you win that game, you're going up three to one, going back home, and which you won the first two games at home. So, I that was that that one hurt. Like I I don't I'm not a Kings fan. I mean, I'm cheering for them in this playoffs right here, but I'm not a fan at all. And that I, after that game, I was just really bummed, really bummed. Um, they should have won that one for sure. Yeah. And anyway, on to the next series. We have uh, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I guess it's been a very fun series. Like, it's more fun than I thought it was going to be. Because you got Dylan Brooks trying to be this antagonistic character here. Um, but, again, the Lakers took both games at Crypto.com Arena uh, or Center. Um, and the game four goes to overtime. And again, Memphis has had some chances to win that game. Uh, Anthony Davis obviously blocking at the end of regulation uh, to, you know, it was never going to probably go in. But anyway, Davis blocks regulations, uh, the game winner. Uh, Tim, they go to overtime. And anytime I thought the Grizzlies were going to, you know, make it a tie game, make it, they give them the lead. They just got a bad look and they missed the shot, point blank. Uh, and that's unfortunate. But game five just went final about an hour ago. Uh the Grizzlies have won game five, 116 to 99, forcing a game six back to Crypto Center. Um, will be Friday night, a late one. Um, and I, I want a game seven. Like, give me the Grizzlies playing at home in game seven. Uh, again, LeBron, he's been fantastic. Uh, Austin Reeves has been great this series. Uh, again, I, if I was a betting man, I would probably lean to. Uh, the Lakers close out the series in Game Six, but again, the Grizzlies are feisty. They will. Tr- they are. Uh, they they're aggressive. Let's just put it that way. To where they will try to do anything they can to get in the head of Le- LeBron, Davis, etc. And again, they've been competitive in these games. Like they're not getting blown out. Um, I look like the last couple minutes of Game One. The Game One was a sixty-point game, but. That was the final margin, but they also it was a close game with like two minutes to go. The Lakers just blitzed them in the final minute. Um, but again, I'm glad the Lakers are uh, the Grizzlies have forced the game six, and I just see how that series goes down going uh, on Friday night if they can be a game seven. Uh, but don't anything you want to add on the Lakers and Grizz series? Um. Well, I was going to mention the whole Dylan Brooks thing, but I think we've reached the statute of limitations on that one. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of stale. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think, you know, the Lakers losing this game. I mean that's fine. They'll go back to game six and or go back to crypto dot com arena center or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um and take care of business. I think you know, I think the Grizzlies John Morant's he's basically picking up the slack and especially Desmond Bain as well. Picking up the slack for like what his teammate Dylan Brooks is doing, like he's just being an absolute. I I don't even know. We 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 can we can we can say villain, villain in quotations. I mean, it's like I really don't understand it, and so I think I've lost the respect for the Grizzlies right now. Um, I mean, say what you want, Jaws. I I I mean, like I said, he's picking up, he's picking up the slack. Because, you know, Dylan, he barks, he talks, talk, 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 talk. And then you look at the box score and he's just, he has nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing to show for it. And so, you know, I think I have more respect for Desmond Bain and John Morant and Jaron Jackson than I do the rest of their team. I mean, they're young. They haven't accomplished anything yet. And they're chatting up, talking with the best, if not the best, one of the best, if not the best player of all time in LeBron James. Be careful what you wish for, dude. You're going to get bounced. I mean, I am very confident the Lakers are going to win game six. Spence, I know you're a Laker and you're not a Lakers fan, um, which makes sense, you being the Celtics and all. But I just have lost all respect in the Grizzlies at this point. I mean, it's more, I mean, this has just turned into a big, giant drama series, and it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, this is supposed to be basketball. All right, and no, the fact of the matter is that the media is eating it up. They're having a blast, and um, I mean, that's why some of these other series are just so much better. You don't have these undertones about, you know, players on the court, you know, trying to, you know, trying to mess with people and, you know, talk trash. And when, when, you, when, you know, you can't even back it up, you're making a fool out of yourself. So, you know, at this point, I'm just cheering on the Lakers and LeBron to just finish off the Grizzlies. All right. And on to the next series, uh, shifting gears to the Eastern Conference. Uh, the biggest surprise probably in the entire NBA playoffs, the Miami Heat leading 3-1 to one over the Milwaukee Bucks. They took both games at Miami Heat Arena. Uh, again, game three, they just all out dominated. Jimmy Butler, uh, he's been fantastic every game just about. Uh, but again, he just dominating game three, goes up 2-1. And I, I said last week, I was like, okay, I think Miami's taking one game at Miami. Don't know if it's going to be three. It will be 2-2. Two, two, two. And then, like, people will think that Miami's got a chance, and then they'll blitz. Milwaukee will win two straight um, to close out the series in six. That's what I said last week. Boy, was I wrong, and I, I'm glad I was wrong. I love this Miami team uh, when they're not playing the Celtics, of course, because I last year's finals still got a little bit of uh, whatever I'll get into. I will relive that if that happens again. Uh, but Jimmy Butler goes off for 56 points in game four. A team that it looked like, you know, they were going to be left for dead late. And it was going to be, oh, again, they're down 12 with probably a couple minutes to go. That is like, okay, so Miami's going to lose this game. But no no harm, no foul. Like, you're still 2-2. Uh, 
Uh, you you don't have home court anymore, uh, but you can still win the series. It's not. It's still doable. And Jimmy Butler just puts the team on his back. Now, right now they're down eight. Again, game three going on as or game five, excuse me, going on as recording. Uh, obviously, in the morning we'll know when this episode is out if Miami finished off the series or if Milwaukee forced a game six. Um, but again, it's been a fun get- series so far. I-, I really want Miami to close out tonight just because it would be uh, one of the biggest upsets I've seen in the NBA in quite some, some time, especially just given how the last week went for Miami, where you lose a play-in game as the first seven seed to lose a play-in game to Atlanta. Then you you, you edge out Chicago to win the uh, eight game. You get Milwaukee. You still game one. You lose Tyler Hero. Uh, and then Oladipo, who, I mean, prayers up for Oladipo, man. Like, he's had one of the worst – uh, injury lucks like he's been Kawhi Leonard both really but Oladipo went from like all-star to like on three teams in a year because he kept getting injured and like the asset just kind of wore it out like he wasn't what he was like a few years ago just because the knees have been uh injuring getting injured so much and he had patella injury which is unfortunately will sideline him the rest of the season and probably a lot of next year too um but anyway Miami is just powering through everything so far and they they actually win one more game now can milwaukee win three straight it's definitely possible i'm not going to doubt Giannis and middleton and drew and company but gosh maybe you just got to still one more game and you can advance to the second round and i don't think any of us thought that like halfway through the season this was going to happen uh doll i i wish you had chris just get his thoughts on this but Dalton, your thoughts on miami surprisingly up three one right now surprisingly surprisingly it's like we're you know we have a resident miami heat fan we love him but he's he was so cynical on this team going in and i i want to like say it for the listeners to hear but i mean we were drinking that kool-aid especially me i was like loving it not big on your heat. All right, fine. I will take the Bucks in four. And it's just gone completely the other way. And I was like, dang, man. Jeez. If you had had a little bit more belief in your team, I might have picked the Heat. Maybe. 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 I say that I maybe. I actually believe that because you picked some really crazy predictions, which, hey, some have worked out. Right. And so, like... Ah, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it's just, I mean, Christian, you're probably going to listen to this podcast. I mean, if you're listening, dude, have a little bit more faith in your team. A little bit more faith. I mean, Giannis went down. Dude, as soon as Giannis went down, I was like, well, all right, it's a new series now. It's a new series. My prediction literally goes out the window. It just went right out the window. And so... Yeah, dude. What would I be completely shocked if the Heat win this series? No, no. I mean, they're up three to one right now, and you know, it just it just went to halftime. They're down by six. I can I can expect the Heat to pull something together. Okay, Jimmy Butler dropped almost sixty points in what seemed like a crucial game uh, last game, like game four, and so you know, yeah, it could. But I. You know, would I would I like to see the Bucks get knocked out of the first round? Sure. Yeah. I would enjoy some chaos. But, you know, also I mean, come on, let's 
yeah okay yeah let's see it uh, i just i'm just jabbering at this point spence so i mean you know yeah, this series this series remi it reminds me of why i said hmm. uh, or i don't know if i ever said this explicitly in the pod I, I think i did yeah i definitely did i'm now that saying this out loud I was like, I don't want to face Miami. Like, not that I think we'll lose to Miami, because I think the Suns will beat be Miami, but like, they just have a way of, you know, just mucking the series up and making it tougher on guys. And again, we'll get to Atlanta and Suns in a second, uh, and how that series is going. Uh, but I was like, I don't want to face Miami, at least not in the first round. So I was so happy with Atlanta winning. Um, and I was way too cocky on the Suns. So again, we'll get there in a second. But Miami just, they would have made, in maybe anyone's team hell, they would have made life hell like they're doing for Milwaukee. Um, so there's that. On to the next series. And again, I admittedly, a little bit of a bias with Donovan Mitchell. He's my one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Um, so admittedly, I was hoping that, again, I thought they were a better team too, that they would win. Because I, I do love Evan Mobley too. Um, but New York just kind of stunningly wins this wins the series in five games. Uh, Cleveland just I don't know what it was. Like it was such a weird series. And admittedly, I didn't get to catch much of it, just you know, work and whatnot. Um, but the few guys I saw, like Donovan was great early. Game four was not very good at all. Uh and I did not catch game five tonight. Uh again, I was working late. Um, game five ended a few hours ago and the New York Knicks up, they took the series. They beat Cleveland 106-95 to end the series in Donovan's first year in Cleveland flames out. Um, unfortunately way too early for him. Uh, I, I expected big things when they acquired him. I thought they'd be at least a playoff team, but again, that's what you got to build on next year. Cause who knows if Philly's going to be. Still Philadelphia, if Milwaukee, Boston. I think Milwaukee and Boston will probably stay together uh, for another year. But Philly's got some interesting question marks with Harden uh, and how that decision is going to go. But that will be answered this offseason. Uh, but Cleveland, like, you've got a good team. Like, you made the playoffs. You were a four seed. Uh, now just to aim to, you know, winning a first-round series is what your goal should be next year if you're Cleveland. Uh, and if you're New York, you know, hats off to New York. They tasted the playoffs a couple years ago. With uh, Julius Randle, when he won most improved, uh, they faced a hot Hawks team that ended up making the conference finals that year. Uh, and again, the Knicks, it's wide open. Like, you get Miami where you would be having home court in that series. And I'll, I'll give you credit where credit's due, Dalton. Like, you had the Knicks in the conference finals, and I kind of scoffed at that when you said it. Uh, it's like you're going to face Milwaukee, who's on se playing seven grueling games because of the Heat. Uh, should they win the series, or you get a Miami Heat team that again they can buck it up, but the, you'd have home court here the Knicks. Uh, and again, Pat Riley just you know having history with both teams makes it fascinating too. Uh, but yeah, credit to you, Dawn. You were a lot higher on the King or, or the uh, Knicks, excuse me, um, than any of us. Um, so Knicks first, and then your thoughts on the Cavs Knicks series. Uh yeah, so what I saw on the Knicks, I thought that they played better. They play they play good defense. Okay, I think I mentioned this. You know, I'm saying that phrase a lot. I need to stop saying that. I, I you know, I think I bring. I I mean, I I'm pretty sure I told you all this, but like they play they play really good defense. They probably have 
the best, if not one of the best defenses in the entire playoffs, which is something you don't want to mess with. Okay, Cleveland, everyone thought Cleveland's offense. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. Cleveland, New York held them to 79 points for the entire game in one of the games in this series. And, you know, Cleveland only went over 100 points one time. And that was the game that New York lost. Cleveland, I, and that and that was just the Cleveland series. Okay, so the Knicks, I think that nobody wants to play the Knicks. Nobody wants to play the Knicks. They're physical, they play really good defense, and they can score. They can score whenever they want. So all three of those combinations, you know, if this was the Warriors, people would be talking about them as a championship team. So why can't the Knicks be in that same conversation as well? Uh, I think Jalen Brunson's playing really, really well. I think, you know, R.J. Barrett's playing really well. I think that Mitchell Robinson is in his role now. He is rebounding super, super well and taking his points and being really good on the defensive end as well. And so, uh, I mean, Mitchell Robinson getting all those rebounds, he might be more vital to the team than Julius Randle. People want to talk about Julius Randle is a really good player, and he is a really good player. But is he is he important right now to the Knicks as we know it in this postseason? I'm not so sure, okay? I think Josh Hart is playing well. Jalen Brunson is playing well. And they've got really good players coming off the bench. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, just two guys off the top of my head. And that can really make change – that can really do well for this basketball team. So, I mean, if I'm the Knicks, I'm I'm saying why not? Why not? Okay, nobody thinks that they're going to get they nobody even thought they were going to make it past the first round for crying out loud. So why not just try to go on a Cinderella run right here and I think they can do it. Okay, you mentioned the the Bucks being down, they might play the Heat. That's, you know, okay, bet the Knicks they will they will welcome any opponent in in open arms because they're physical and they're they're down. I mean, they play really really good defense. And I think that's one thing that's completely, you know, just gets completely overlooked in today's basketball with all these three-point shots and finesse and all that stuff. Nobody likes a defensive team. I'm the type of guy that likes a defensive team and not just the three-point shooting contest. So, and like actually shooting twos and all that other stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm cheering on the Knicks, and not just because I picked them in five games to win this series, but you said it, Spence. I picked them to win the I picked them to make the conference finals. So, you know, I the the Knicks and the Kings, those are my two those are my two teams for this playoffs. Um, but I mean, on to on to this series, um, the Cavaliers and the Knicks. I mean, the reason I picked them in five, you know, the Cavaliers were going to get one game at least. Donovan Mitchell's talented. They have a talented team. But did I think that they were going to beat them in the Garden? No. No, I didn't. Um, the Knicks took both of those games in the Garden. I'm telling you, man, the Garden is something different. It was going to get rowdy. I told you all off the pod it was going to get rowdy. And it was rowdy. It was big-time rowdy. Um there was only one team that didn't score 80 points in the postseason and the regular season this this entire this entire time in 2022-2023. That was the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game Three. They scored 79 points total. Total awful game all around. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Knicks. The Knicks only scored 99, but that's what I'm saying. They have all the pieces in place to make a run, and I think now the Heat are really screwing things up at the top of the bracket. It could really work in the Knicks' favor. 
And, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But I think the Knicks are, have to be happy about themselves right now. And Knicks fans, too. I mean, this is their first playoff series win since 2013. And so, I mean, you have to be feeling good about um, the situation. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them. So, you know, I, you know, um, I guess, you know, as for like the Cavaliers, um, I mean, who really won in this Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert feud? I mean, when we, when we really think about it, I mean, who I really mean, won? Both lost in five. They both <laughs> lost in five. They're both, they're both sitting on the couch with you and me, buddy. So I, I mean, you know, say what you want. I think the Cavs can probably, they probably could add another player for next year. Um, especially, I mean, you're going riding high, right into the first round, just to get, just get bounced, um, by a team that finished third in the Atlantic standings behind Boston and Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, man, but you know, I, I, I mean, Spence, you know me, I live, I live in, I live in, I live for picking the weirdest, the weirdest matchups and the weirdest games are picking whoever and picking completely different uh, than the media or all these experts, quote unquote. Um, I live for it. That's my thing. I've made it apparent on, on this podcast that that, that is what I do no matter what the sport is. Um, And this was just, Another one of those picks, I was like, this could happen, and uh, sure enough, it happened. But the job's not done yet. I, you know, We'll see how the next round goes. All right. On to the next series. Uh, the only sweep that we saw in the first round, Philadelphia sweeping Brooklyn. Uh, the second straight year that the, next ha- the Nets, excuse me, have been swept in the playoffs. Boston swept them last year. Uh, a Brooklyn team that, you know, fired Nash just a few games into the season. Uh, okay, like we said earlier, rumored to maybe be getting Ima Udoka. They just decided to keep rolling with Jock Vaughn. Um, let me ask you this, Dawn. Do you know the last uh, playoff win for the Brooklyn Nets? That was, what was it? Kevin Durant was the last year? Two years no, ago. they got swept last year. So two years ago when they had Kevin Durant? Yes. Oh, I don't even remember who they played. You're going to have to enlighten me. It, it was game five against Milwaukee in the second round of the playoffs. And then they dropped game six in the game seven, the infamous overtime game. Kevin Durant put on the line to force OT. So they have now lost 10 straight playoff games. Uh, and it's, it's not like it's, it's like 10 straight over like a 20-year span because they just keep missing the playoffs. Uh, it's just 10 straight and three straight playoffs. Uh, back-to-back years, they got swept in the first round. Uh, just so unfortunate for Brooklyn. You couldn't have a worse team. Um, but again, they don't have Kyrie, so I don't really hate them that much anymore. Um, and Ben Simmons, of course, did not play a single second in the playoffs. Who knows what the hell that guy's up to these days. Uh, just collecting a paycheck while he's doing whatever he needs to do to get better. And again, Obviously, we need like again. He's battling injuries both physically and mentally. Uh, again, the kid, is, the guys are still in paychecks left and right. Like I, that's that's nicely like, I probably put that with uh, Ben Simmons. And I know load management is kind of more like a team thing than it is players. 
But Ben Simmons, that's a different situation. Uh, but again, Brooklyn, like, with what you did this year, trading with your two star players, um, like, again, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, James Harden, this whole era of the Brooklyn Nets, like, you have one playoff series win, like, that's it. And it's because you played a Boston team that was banged up without Jalen Brown and also a team that was, like, directionless that had to make a coaching change. Um, congrats, Brooklyn, on that. And you almost beat Milwaukee that won the title that year, but you didn't. Um, but, again, and I, and I like the roster. I think the roster's a fine roster right now. Like, Claxton's been good. Uh, Seth Curry, completely underrated piece that came over in the Harden-Simmons deal was that they got – so, yeah, Seth Curry was the biggest piece they got back in the James Harden deal, not Ben Simmons. Uh, but they get Dinwiddie this year, trading um, Kyrie to – Dallas, getting Kevin Durant away, getting McCullough Bridges in. Like, it's not a bad roster, but there's no stars. And that's what I think, Brooklyn, if you're looking this offseason, what do you need to do to try to get better? If your goal is to, you know, go for it next year, not just, you know, rebuild. Because uh, I think the roster spot, you can kind of go for a playoff spot like this year and be the sixth seed again. Or maybe better again. The offseason is going to change a lot of things. Um like you can add a couple of pieces. Like the roster's fine, um, but Brooklyn just not very good compared to Philadelphia, who has, you know, been uh, Joel B, who's the front runner for MVP right now. You have James Harden, who's been really good, um, and you know, it's just a, a, a good roster. They obviously swept because they were the better team, and they await whenever the hell Boston decides to finish that series, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but Philadelphia just took care of business. Uh, you know, the game three was a five-point victory. Uh, again, the series never really in doubt. We knew Brooklyn was not going to be able to match up physically with Joel Embiid, and it showed. And that's why they won in four. Uh, Don, anything you want to add on the uh, Sixers and Nets series? Huh. Um, now this is one that I was completely wrong with. I picked the Nets. I know, I know. I'm, you know, I think, I think it works both ways. You know, you're either, you're either right. Nets in seven versus sixes and four. Right. Opposite of the spectrum. Complete opposite. And, you know, I guess it just comes with the territory. Just me wanting to go different. And that was really different. Um, Nets did what they did what they could. You know, you play play a Philly team that you know has a lot of aspirations going in, and it just they just did they. I mean, you said it; they just weren't matched. They just weren't matched up very well, and and um, it worked out for Philly, uh, really, really good. Um, so I mean, the Nets for next year. I think you got to You got to get some more pieces that could that can mesh well with your team. I mean, they have a they have a good squad currently, just not good enough to go in the playoffs. And you know, so I think you know you make some moves uh, and uh, try to get some players who can help out your team, like the Knicks last offseason. They went and got Jalen Brunson, and looked out. It's worked out for them so far. So you know, I think. Uh, I think the Nets are tr- trending in a good direction, but uh, they could definitely they can definitely use another piece or two. And as for Philly, you know, you did what you had to do. I mean, that's you know, you were expected to sweep them um, by all standards, 
and just looking at the paper, um, on paper, you're a better team, and you proved it on the court. You swept them. So on to the next round. I uh, kind of was seeing, you know, if this was just fool's gold uh, from Philly uh, or if this Philly team is actually serious because we've seen in the past, Spence, they get to the second round, and it's like everything just deflates. Like they just, They're like a bouncy house. They're up and running for the first one and then for the first hour or two. And then after that, it just slowly starts to deflate. Um, whether it's injuries, so somebody took a knife and just cut the side of it or cut the side of the bouncy house or just, you know, something has something happened. So, you know, it's going to this would be interesting for Philly in the second round here if they're actually serious or they or if like they were just playing with us for the first for the first round. I mean, Doc Rivers, both years, he's he's only been in Philly since 2020. I thought he's been in Philly a lot longer uh, than that. But both years, Doc's been in Philly. They lost in the second round. Um, and the, even his Clippers, like, 10 years, they lost in the second round. I didn't, I didn't realize it had been, like, that many years they've lost in the second round. Because I guess the one year was Brett Brown that I was thinking of with Boston in the second round. Uh, and the whole confetti thing there. Um because, yeah, like, last year they – no, last year Miami just was the better team. I thought they blew a 3-1 lead last year. That might have been a couple years ago. Uh, But I digress. Anyway, on to the final series of the first round, a series that should be over. But I digress. I, I got a lot of thoughts, obviously. It's my t- favorite team, the Boston Celtics. And, again – I thought they would sweep the series. I thought, you know, Trey Young, as good as he is offensively, defense equally horrible. Um, we all thought he'd be a sweep. Uh, they took one game in uh, Atlanta. I was like, okay, whatever. That's, you know, it's Atlanta. They're at home. It's game three, whatever. Southern some five. I, I was, like, almost, like, ultra confident in last night's game, game five. And without six minutes to go, it's a 12-point game. And I was like, okay, this game is over. Uh, like, surely, like, there's not going to be any magic here. Like, Boston's the better team. Let's close it out. You're on your home court. Uh, and then, like, everything just went, like, wrong the last couple minutes of the game. It, it was to the point where, it's like, what have you been doing? Like, we've had so many games this year where they've had a chance to win or they were, like, in control, and they just blow it. They just bleep the bed the rest of the game. Like, they were up 28 against Brooklyn in the first quarter of a game. Which, again, first quarter, obviously a whole lot of time left. But they were blitzing Brooklyn at one point couple in, in the regular season, uh, and they blew it. Like, they're up. And then slowly but surely, you know, Trey Young's hitting shots. Collins is hitting good looks. Uh, to the point where they tied up with two and a half minutes to go. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Like, shortly. Uh, and again, like, they didn't. They just could not score. Like Robert Wills only that scored in the last like five minutes of the game. It was one. Of, it, well, Derek White, excuse me, like from the field because Derek White hit free throws late. Um, and there were some bad calls, but uh, it, that's just how officiating is. They're not gonna be perfect. Uh, I'm not gonna blame the refs. Like Boston was up twelve. You did the refs not help Miami or Atlanta? Excuse me, nail all these shots and get extra free throws. Like again, it was a there was a bogus technical that I, I didn't agree with, but you know, the push me the call, that's the call on the floor. Um, there, 
again, you have a ball with a chance to win. Derek White gets fouled, and Trey Young kind of flopped a bit too. Um, but anyway, Derek White goes to the line, hits both of them. It's seven seconds to go, and they're like, "Okay, just get one stop. Just do not let Trey Young pull up from three. And sure enough, that's what they do. They get Trey shoots a deep three pointer. And as soon as he left his fingers, I was like, that ball's just going in, knowing it's Trey Young's luck tonight. He's going to hit that shot. And, of course, he does. Like, what what else was going to happen there? And then Boston came and got a good look because they inbound it, and there's a deflection that goes out of bounds. Then they came and get a good, they came and get a look. Like, it was the most frustrating. Um, the most frustrating I've been with the Suns game in a while. Like, everything that was good with game five, or game four, excuse me, when you win by eight, the but you're you know you won the game nonetheless. Like I I get I think they'll still win the series, but you're making it so much harder on yourself here, because you, if you win yesterday, you potentially could play Philly as early as Saturday, and Joel Embiid's banged up a bit to where he may not play in Game One if it's on Saturday, but now it's gonna be done next week's when Game One's gonna be. And you're just giving Joel Embiid more time to heal up. Which, again, I like when players are healthy. Um, it's not that I'm rooting for injury. Don't get that misconstrued. It's more of, like, that's a game you can just steal because Joel's not playing. It's the one less game you got to worry about. The MVP, potentially. And, again, Boston's dominated Philly almost every time they play. I think they won 3-1 the regular season this year. Um, and they've dominated Philly throughout the years, dating back to the Brett Brown days when he was the coach there. It was Brad Stevens on the Celtics sideline. Like, Boston has historically owned Philly. I'm not even worried about that, but this, you just made it so much harder yourself. And it's just like last year where it's like you could have ended a series a game earlier. Like, Milwaukee could have been done in six games. Miami, you could have probably done with that. Um, or, excuse me, Miami, I think you could have ended early, but game six, you let them get wild. Like, you're just, it's just a constantness that I've seen from the last year. With the Celtics, and I, I still love them. It's a love-hate relationship that's, like, super toxic at times, but also the highs are very high. And, again, I think we'll win the series. I'm just really salty from how Game 5 ended on that. But, again, they play Game 6 tomorrow night or Friday night. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I don't even care. Like, I do, but I don't. Like, I'll watch it whenever the hell it's scheduled to be played. Um but gosh, that was one of the most frustrating. Um, it's tomorrow, Thursday, yes. Uh, it's that's just, it's on draft night, yes. It's Dalton. By draft night, I'm going to be spent watching the Celtics instead of paying more attention to the draft because it's the only NBA game on, and they decide they want to ruin uh, draft night. So as long as the Patriots don't screw up the draft pick and the Celtics lose, I might have a good night tomorrow. But I am <laughs> – it's just a bit of frustrating – uh, 24 hours for my sports teams, but I digressed on. I'll let you go. Uh, sorry if I ranted. Uh, hope that rant was not too long there. Uh, but the floor is yours, Dalton, for uh, Summit and Hawks series so far. Yeah. Um, you could have, you could have kept going. I mean, I was really, I mean, I was just sitting here, literally laying back in my chair, kind of just listening to this all go down. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm sorry your teams have uh, have really, you know, screwed you over in terms of scheduling. 
um, and really wanting to get in track of the draft. You know, I hope that the Celtics win and the Patriots get a good get a good draft pick for your sake. They miss Will Levis um, on my break of TV. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, if you're going to break the TV, at least videotape it for me so that I can have something to watch because <laughs> um, I'm not going to be watching very much anything else tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, just, just remember that, okay? Just keep that in the back of your mind because I know your mind's a steel trap. Um yeah, I mean, in terms of the series, I mean, just you know, just over, just over the moon uh, for, I guess, the Celtics squad, and I'm not even a fan. I guess I just thought that the Hawks would just find a way to get swept, but I mean, this, uh, come on, I mean, let's just be real. This has Quinn Snyder written all over it. Um, the team going in with a guard, a, a guard, uh, you know. There's a, there's a guard that can score at will, and then they have a big that's really good. I mean, it just reminds me of the early Utah Jazz days. They go to like six, seven games, and they'd be a tough out. That's what the Hawks are at this point. I mean, they're a they're a tough out. Uh, so this this could very well go to seven games, um, which would be. Absolutely ridiculous for television purposes. Um, I'd like for it to go to six just so that we can be done with the series and move on to the second round. But, you know, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's whatever whatever the Hawks and the Celtics want to do. Um, I guess they can talk about it before the game, you know, if they really want to go to six games or oh, if they want to go to seven. Yeah, lovely. That's not <laughs> No. Okay, let me just clarify this. For the listeners, the NBA does not rig games, okay? They do not do that. I was just talking out of my you-know-what, okay? I was just... No, I know. I'm just going to be for a Yeah, for a moment, for a moment in time, I was actually doing that. You know, but if they do and they came out with that story, that would, I would actually laugh. I would actually laugh and I would come on the pod and be like, ha, I told you so. Um, yeah, and I mean, Spence, this stuff, I mean, just get your heart pumping. Um... That's why I don't cheer for an NBA team anymore. Okay, I, all, all those all those six seven games losses it just it just had too much of a toll on my heart, and so that's why I I just stopped. Um, and I mean I mean I today I think I fully expect for the Boston Celtics to close out this series, um, in some shape or form, whether it's the ne- the next game or the game after that. Um, but I think the Hawks have had a good run. Um, for, you know, given, given the whole situation, um, hiring a coach mid season, you know, good for them. Good for them. Um, you know, I still think, I know you don't agree with me on this, but I still think that Jalen Brown's the key to the team, even though he gave up a last second three. Um, uh, you know, say what you want. I think for that game specifically, there could have been some better substitutions, Maybe, um, you know, statistically, some play- some players could have had some better games. I know you're saying that they weren't making them down the stretch. I mean, dude, you can't have it. You can't have it. There's some things, you know, I think Grant Williams not playing. Say what you want. You know, Blake Griffin probably should have been. Grant and Blake Griffin probably should have, should have switched. Um, at, you know, Horford only amounting to three points in 33 minutes. I mean, are we going to have that again? Probably not. Um, and you know Tatum going one for ten from three point range, 
and shooting 21 shots and only making eight of them, I don't think that's going to happen again either. Um, yeah, I think this game was just an anomaly, and I think that's that's what you got to take it as, Spence. It's just one of those nights that the Celtics just aren't going to pull it out. Um, and the Hawks took advantage of it. So you know the most you know the most frustrating part about all that is I didn't even, I didn't even mention it. Dejounte Murray was suspended last what? night, so he'll what? be back. Six. What was that? Dejounte Murray was suspended because he bumped an official after game four. Yeah, uh, yeah. After the game ended, he literally hunted down an official and bumped in. Like I don't know what the hell he tried to accomplish there. Um. So again, we've won games with Dejounte playing. I just don't want to see DeJounte's, like, fired up. Like, hey, I set out last night because I'm suspended uh, for a decision I made. And him and Trey just, you know, shoot lights out because they're playing in Atlanta. Like, it could go either way. Uh, the sooner the series is, the better. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I definitely agree. I'm actually tired of this series. I'm not going to lie. I just, I don't know. Part of me just wants it to move on to the second round. And maybe that's just me being selfish. But, yeah, I just... You know, it's it's about it's about time. It's it's reached. It's you know, it's 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 time. So, uh, you know what's been very exciting so far, Dalton? Uh, what has been very exciting though so far, so far, Spence? The NHL playoffs. We okay, have bet. had literally nobody advance the second round. Um, uh, every series is like two two or three one or uh three. There's a few three ones that could end tomorrow night. Um, right, like out west, like right now, we do have the Avalanche Stanley Cup champion and the Kraken in their second year of, of existence. Um, they are both still skating. Um, as we speak, it is 2 1 Kraken in the second. Kraken looking to take a 3 2 lead over the defending, defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, there, Dallas, Minnesota has been a fun series as well. Um, Dallas leads that series three games to two. Um, Staying out west, you have the Vegas Golden Knights. They are up 3-1 on Winnipeg, looking to close that out tomorrow. Uh, Edmonton, the Oilers, uh, and the Kings. That has been a very fun series as well. Uh, that series is 3-2, uh, I believe. Let me, I'm double-checking in a second. Uh I can't remember if it's that series or there's another series that like have had three overtime games. Um, they didn't show me on ESPN which games have gone over, but there's been a lot of a. Uh, uh, the first four games were all decided by one goal in Edmonton and LA game. Uh, last game Edmonton just went off, and, and won it pretty handily there. Uh, over in the Eastern Conference again, like I just alluded to with my rant on the Celtics, I'm not going to rant too much on the Bruins. Um. But game five was just pitiful. I mean, the Panthers kept going goal for goal. They kept scoring first. Uh, Bruins kept answering, but that was about all they could do. And then in overtime, Matthew Kachuk um, scores a goal in overtime to take game um, take game five, force the game six with the Bruins. Again, I just thought this is going to be over right now, and the Bruins could punch it. But then again, they've given me some fun hockey. Uh, and it was an overtime loss. So I can't be too mad. It wasn't as bad as you know losing six three on your home ice in game two because they both they did take both games in sunrise. Um, so yeah, it's just where they lost two games on their home ice the series. But maybe they'll close it out. Game six scheduled for Friday at seven thirty uh, in Sunrise, Florida. 
which yeah, if they if it's like the last two where they won both games in Miami or Sunrise, excuse me, just outside Miami, um, then I think this they're gonna win this series there. Please don't give me game seven. That's just way too stressful. I can't deal with this. Uh, the Maple Leafs looking to advance to the f- winning series for the first time in, uh, I think, about 20 years. It's been a while since they've advanced in the playoffs. But they're up 3-1 on the uh, three-time defending, uh, not necessarily Eastern Conference because the one weird COVID year, but they've been in the last three Stanley Cup finals. The Lightning winning two of them, losing last year, like I said, to the Avalanche. Uh, the Maple Leafs, a game away from eliminating the Lightning, which would be very, uh, just very weird. We haven't seen the Lightning lose in the first round since their President Cup trophy run when they won a, a then-league record. They tied it six two games back in 2019. They got swept by the Blue Jackets that year. Uh, then we have the Carolina Hurricane lead the Islanders three games to two. And then you have the Devils and the Rangers, the battle, you know, New York, New Jersey there. Um that series tied at two games apiece. So, again, no, as of the recording, uh, even then, because the only game going on tonight is the Avs and the Kraken, that game is not going to determine a series. Um, so maybe Thursday during the NFL draft, we will see uh, Toronto could win that. Toronto could win tomorrow night, eliminate that series, and Vegas could potentially put the series away uh, tomorrow night. But so far, again, nobody's advanced in the Stanley Cup playoffs at the time of the recording. Uh, so, Dalton, take us home here. What uh, Last segment of the show, what has been going on in the world of racing? Yeah, um, I'm only going to cover, sorry, I'm only going to cover NASCAR because F1 has not had a race in about three weeks. And they have one this weekend, which is the Azerbaijan Grand Prix over, in, over at the Baku circuit. But, um you know, I think uh, you know we're just gonna start with NASCAR because they are consistent, consistently giving us giving us races. Uh, this past weekend, uh, it was at Talladega, uh, in which Kyle Busch was the winner. Yippee! Let's have a, a quick celebration, quick round of applause for my man Kyle Busch uh, as he uh, won first place, second win of the season in the Chevrolet. 196 laps total for all the racers. Uh, he started in 17th, led three laps, got a total of 40 points, so good for him. Uh, Ryan Blaney came in second uh, for the Ford. Chris Boucher came in third. Chase Briscoe in fourth. Brad Keselowski in fifth. Um, some other notables. Um, Joy Logano came in 30th. He was only able to do 195 laps. Um and uh yeah that's pretty much all i got for the results from this past weekend we can go to the um standings real quick and then after that i'll give you the next race so total based off points um Christopher Bell is still in first with 331 points, one win, zero poles, five top fives, and seven top tens. Ross Chastain, the watermelon man, is in second with 319 points. Um, Kevin Harvick is in third, 311. Kyle Larson in fourth with 295. And then Kyle Busch gotten up to fifth in two night with 290 points. Um, good for him. 
Um, we have a tie for ninth, 270 points between Alex Bowman and Denny Hamlin. Um, and that is it for your standings. Um, to the schedule for this week, uh, on April 30th, they're going to Dover, Dover International Speedway, which um, that should be a fun race, just another – just another NASCAR race, just another time for them to go to, uh, doing a bunch of left turns. Um, hey, say what you want. This this sport is fun as long as uh, as long as you enjoy race cars. Um, so Dover, Delaware, that's the place to be this weekend. Two o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Central, twelve o'clock Pacific, uh, or Mountain actually, and then eleven o'clock Pacific. Um, on FS1, not Fox, but FS1, because there's a difference apparently. Um, moving on to the F1 side of things, I said that the Azerbaijan was going to be this week. I totally expect it to be just Max Verstappen is going to win this race. I'm calling it right now. I just think it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be April 30th at 7 a.m. On ESPN, you heard me right, 7 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. If you're up at 7 a.m. on a Sunday, by all means, go for it. But if you're not, I recommend you just stay asleep. It's really not worth it. Um, getting up and then going right back to sleep. Unless you're an early riser, then by all means, go for it. Um, I'm excited about the May 7th weekend. Uh, they're going to Miami, which should be a really fun time, but we'll cover that when we get there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you, Spence. I'm not really going to cover the standings because, well, there hasn't been a race in a while. So, yeah, I'm pretty much done with the racing, buddy. All right, appreciate uh, that, Dawn. So that, well, again, we'll conclude our episode for this evening, and thanks, Dawn, for hopping on. On uh, again, doing two episodes in one week, it's it can be a lot. I know, uh, with how busy our schedules have been. Uh, so, like I said at the top of the show, if you missed it, uh, feel free to check out our mock draft that we did for the 2023 NFL draft. I know if you're listening to the day we upload, it is draft day. Uh, if you listen to it after, again, you can still go and listen to it. Uh, you'll just know how the draft went and uh, how dumb we all look, apparently. Um, but yeah, feel free. Go back and listen to the last episode if you missed it. Uh, it was a very uh, fun episode. I, I also talked to Aaron Rodgers, so at least there's that bit of news and deliverance that you can listen to. Um, but like always, feel free give us a follow on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, whoever you listen to this podcast, really. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. Uh, feedback is always encouraged. Um, and you can feel free to share this with friends and family if you so choose to. Uh, and like usual, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And for Christian Ernst, it's been out of bounds. And have a good rest of your day.